We have been uh, in a series uh, for a few weeks now called uh, All Things New. And we did, uh, last week we did, well, you tell me, what did we do? You remember? You're right. You're right. You're both right. Last week we did, <laughs> you get a star, just like at the men's Bible study, yeah. Uh, we did, uh, if you know the verse and stuff at the men's Bible study, you get a star. That's the, it's a Vic thing. I don't know anything about it. But uh, yeah, last week we did uh, New Person uh, and <clears throat> just looked at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're a new creation in Christ and uh, really enjoyed personally looking at that passage again in a fresh way. Today, I want to do uh, all things are new. So we're, we're talking about uh, we're a new person, and today we're going to talk about new victory. This is the, 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 the victory, the new victory that we have as believers, as children of God. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to get right into it because I got a lot to say. I, I, just, I was going to say, like, who, like, n- no one likes to lose, Right? Like, nobody likes to lose. We all like to win. Those of us that are competitive, we really like to win. Winning is wonderful. It's glorious. Losing is lousy. And this is the great thing about knowing Jesus. We win. We win. I was listening to Carlton Pearson the other day, and he said, he said this. He said, the devil may win some battles, but he won't win the war. And, I, and I, I was like, I just dwelled on that for the rest of the day. I was like, yes, he may win some battles, but he won't win the war. That is true. We win, we win, we win. At the end of the day, we win. We, this is new victory that we would never have without Jesus. It is a victory that we can't get on our own. We can't find it anywhere else. We, we don't have enough skill. We're not good enough. We're not worthy enough. We need his victory. And because he wins, he shares his victory with us. And now we win too. And this is new victory. All things new today. New victory. Put up for me Romans chapter 8. Really familiar passage to a lot of you. But look at these words again. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scripture says, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming, say it with me, victory is ours. Overwhelming victory is ours. Or you are 
more than a conqueror. Some other versions would say NIV, right? No, despite all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. There is overwhelming victory is ours because of his love. Winning is such a great thing. And I know that we all want to win. And some of us want to win at things more than others. But listen, there's not a person who doesn't want to win at something that you care about. And that you want to win at a relationship. You want to win at a job. You, you know, we care, well, we care about the Leafs. You know, we want them to win. Well, some of us care about the Leafs. Some of us are misguided and cheer for other teams. But, 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 but because of Christ's love, uh, I, I, I don't know, I, I guess I got to love you too. But anyway, um, like, but we all want to win at things that we care about. It's, it's, it's just the way we are. Winning is always better than losing. And when we begin a relationship with Jesus, we're saved, we're changed. We're, last week we talked about being transformed into a new person. We become God's children, and, and because of that, we now share in the victory that Jesus won on the cross. And his victory on the cross, I know a lot of you know this, but I'm just reminding you today, listen, his victory, it's not temporary, amen? His victory, it wasn't partial, mm-hmm? I said, come on, now we're looking for good services in November, kind of just warm me up now. Don't look outside, it's blah. Look here, it's nice and warm. Like there's a beautiful fire and you have a cup. No, don't drink coffee in the sanctuary. But you know what I mean. Like, I, like just, just think about how great this is and the victory that we have and that we, the, that we have in Christ. His victory is not temporary. It's not partial. His victory is forever. It is complete. It, it, is, it is always, always, always going to be. It shall never end. So the devil may win some battles, but he won't win the war. Yeah, you may have a day or two. You may have a day or two. But listen, we have this new victory in our lives. It's a victory that we didn't have before. We have to learn how to live with this victory. We have to learn how to live in this victory. And the more, of course, we live in our own strength, the more that we struggle to be the new person that we are in Christ, because that's not how it's meant to be. But the more we live in continued surrender to the Holy Spirit, the more victory we can have. That's just how it is. It's the paradox that we've talked about before of being a Christian. When I am weak, then I am right. This is this, this is the way it is. And so when, when we have this victory is when we're, when we're continually leaning in on him, when we have that continual surrender to the Holy Spirit, it's the more victory we can have. So why do we have this new victory? Why is it that we have this? I was thinking about this passage that we read in Romans chapter 8. Somebody's phone's going off. There we go. Why do we have this new victory? And I read this passage. There was like things that were popping out at me. Actually, four things uh, that were pretty obvious. This is why we have this new victory. He's for us. He's made us righteous. He's interceding for us, and he loves us. This is why the victory is possible in Christ. So the first one, he's for us. Look at 31 and 32. 
What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he didn't spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? God the Father is for us. It says he proved it, not just by his words, but he proved it by sending his son to die in our place. This is love that's lived out. It's proven. If, if you're a child of God, you can start every day, every day as you get out of bed, right? We say his mercies are new every morning, right? He is for us. We can start every day believing that God is for us. He says that he knows how to look after his own. Remember when he said, if you know how to look after your children and give them good gifts, how much more will your father give you the gifts that you need? He is for us. His plans are good. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good, not for disaster. They're to give you a future and a hope. That's a pretty positive verse. I'm, I'm going to rip through a lot of verses today, and I know some of you have seen these verses before, but just let them sink into your spirit again today. This is Almighty God speaking to you as a child, as his child, and say, I know the plans that I have for you. I know the plans that I have for you. I, I know what I want. I know what's good for you. And I want you to know my plans are good for you. My plans will lead to hope and a good future. If you walk in my way, let me lead you. I am for you, not against you, right? He is the ultimate authority. And, and, and if he's for us, then we can live with confidence, amen? We can live with assurance that, that like Paul asked this rhetorical question, if God is for us, who can be against us? Meaning, he is so great. If, if, if we have him on our side, everything else pales in comparison. And this is the confidence and the assurance that we have. Look at Matthew chapter 6. So don't worry about these things. Is Jesus talking? What, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above all else, live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. That's pretty good. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 to 11 says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people wouldn't be willing to die, or would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. This is who we are 
new person, now today, new victory. This is something that we couldn't get without him. Sometimes I get that we feel that everything is going against us. You've had, you know, nothing seems to be working out your way. The, the job you wanted, the relationship you wanted, uh, whatever. It, 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 it just, you ever had one of those days, seriously, when you just want to go home, you, you know, those pity party days? It comes and goes on all of us, it's true. You know that uh, I found this really random verse that uh, Genesis 42, 36, even J- it was when Jacob was, Jacob was upset because, uh, anyway, it's a long story, but you know Jacob and Joseph in, Israel, in, uh, in, in Egypt. And anyway, I just check out this line. Jacob exclaimed, you're robbing me of my children. Joseph is gone. Simeon is gone. And now you want to take Benjamin too. Everything is going against me. I was like, I've heard people say that to me before. Actually, dozens and dozens of times. And it just reminded me, no, it's not true. It's not true. If God is for us, who can be against us? You're a child of the Most High, and he is for you. Yes, we're going to have some days when we feel like things aren't going our way. We don't understand sometimes why certain things work out the way they do or don't work out the way that we think they should. But we, we, we may not be able to explain all the whys in life, but you can be certain of this, absolutely certain of this. God is for you. He is absolutely for you. Paul wrote these words in Romans under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he was absolutely convinced that they were true. And why I'm, I'm even mentioning this is because I think it's important to understand The man who wrote these very words lived a life that none of us could barely barely even understand or or stand. When you think about his life, think about all the horrendous things that happened to Paul. Think about all the difficulties, all the challenges, all the things that happened in his life. When he wrote these words in Romans, he's already had a number of horrendous things happen to him. And there are many more yet to come as he writes these words. But yet, despite everything that he's been through and everything that he's going through, he stands and says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Let me just remind you, 2 Corinthians, this is what Paul said, 2 Corinthians 11. This is what he said about his own life. Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder. I've been in prison more often. I've been whipped times without number and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. And by the way, they dragged him out, thought he was dead right after he was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. 
I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then, besides all this, by the way, he has the daily burden of looking after all the churches that he's planted. And let me tell you, one burdens me. Everything is going against me. First world problems compared to what this man walked through. Hmm? And yet he stands under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and he says, if God is for us, who can be against us? And nothing can separate us from his love. He's thinking about all the things he's been through. Can, can demons know? Can hell know? Can men know? Can, you know? can you know all the things that he's been through? And he stands and he says, God is for us. Ultimate victory belongs to the child of God. Yeah, we're going to have some days. But this world and this life will come and go. And one great day, one great day, Every wrong will be made right, and ultimate victory will belong to the child of God. And it's not just ultimate victory. We believe that he can give us victory now over a lot of things that we struggle with in our lives. There are things that we can overcome because we have overwhelming victory, or we are more than conquerors. The word actually means super conquerors. We have victory on top of victory on top of victory. That's, that's the point that it's making. So... God is for us. Second, he's made us righteous. Look at uh, verse 33 and 34. It says, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life, and he's sitting at the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. So now we share in the righteousness of Christ. He's given us right standing, the NLT says. He's given us right standing. Our relationship has been made right. Look at Romans 8. I want to just go through a lot of scriptures today, but he says, so now there is no condemnation. This is at the beginning of the same chapter we're reading out of. Now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. See, so there, he says there is no condemnation. There is even no accusation that can hurt us anymore. They will fall empty and flat because you are loved. You are, you, you, he is for you and he has made you righteous in his sight. So, People may say things, but God will never say things. And, and again, look at Revelation uh, chapter uh, 12. It says, Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, It has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ, for the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to death. The one who accuses them before our God day and night. He has been thrown down. The accuser has been defeated. And the children of God have been given victory and have been declared righteous. Not by good works, 
but only by the mighty grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we may condemn ourselves at times. Or the enemy does a good job of it too. Ever? You know those uh, thoughts that run through your head? So we can condemn ourselves sometimes. The enemy may try to accuse us and condemn us. But Jesus paid the price and has given us his victory. And I just want you to be reminded of that today. We need to learn how to live in this victory. We need to learn how to believe it. We, we need to learn how to really receive it in our core by faith. That he has made us into new creations and given us right standing with God. So it doesn't matter what the enemy says about us. Do you understand? He can say all he wants. The accuser of the brethren has been put down. His words, he can go on and on, meaning he can huff and he can puff, but he cannot blow your house down, right? He can go blah, 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 blah. This is the Charlie Brown's teacher thing, and God doesn't hear him, pay attention to him, throws him out and casts him out. He has been put aside and put away. His words are powerless. Understand that. So don't give his words the power that they don't have. Amen? If you're a new creation and you have new victory in Christ, then learn to live in it, learn to walk in it, learn to receive it. And when you're having a day when condemnation or accusation comes your way, you say, thank you, Father. I know that you are for me and not against me. I know that you love me. And that nothing in this life can separate me from, my love, from your love. And so he can blah, blah, blah. He can huff and puff all he wants. But my house is not made out of straw anymore. And he cannot blow me down. For we are built now on the rock who is Jesus Christ. He cannot do that to us unless we let him. So he may try. And it doesn't matter what he says. He cannot, cannot blow you down. So Jesus, the Son of God, has set us free. He's, he's given us victory. It reminded me of this verse too, Isaiah 54. Put that up for me. But in that coming day, this is uh, at, the, um, at the end of the day, the end of the day when uh, he's talking about the, the glory of Israel to come and his people. He says, but in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. You see, these are the benefits. You know, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, right? These benefits are enjoyed only by the servants of the Lord. We get his vindication. We get his righteousness. And this is the victory that we have to walk in. Take every thought captive, my friend. Don't listen to lies. Believe that you have victory in Jesus. Believe that there is a way out. Remember Paul said, every temptation that will come to you has, is common. It's been experienced by somebody. And God loves you so much that he will provide you a way out. But you have to look for it, find it, go after it. But it's there for you. Victory is there for you. 
Overcoming power is there for you. Overwhelming victory is there for you. You are more than a conqueror. You are a super conqueror in Jesus Christ. This is sometimes we, we say it, you know, it, like sometimes you say it in church because it sounds spiritual. But when we walk out the door, we lose it. Mm-hmm. It's true. Don't just say it in church to make ourselves feel good like because it's good preaching. Live it. It's real. This victory is ours. We are new people in Christ. He has made us and declared us righteous. That we cannot be accused and condemned by the enemy anymore. We have been set free. Because he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. He has set us free. So let's walk in it. Let's live it. Let's enjoy it. Let's use it for his glory and for his purposes to let other people know how wonderful and great he is. God's grace, it's not just undeserved favor that gives us salvation. It's that for sure. But it's a lot more than that. God's, God's grace is also divine power. It, it's it's he, that he gives us through the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to live with freedom. He gives us the ability to live in victory and to overcome the things that come our way. We have that now. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. So when you're having a bad day, when you need it the most, go boldly to the throne of your gracious God. And you'll receive his mercy and you'll find his grace. He'll find a way out for you. We are to grow in grace, right? And to learn how to rely more and more and more on the Holy Spirit. To understand and to be perceptive enough to say, this is not from God. This thought is not from the Lord. And I will not receive it. I will not entertain it. For I am a conqueror in Jesus Christ. I have his victory. He is for me. And I can live this way with freedom and victory. And this is something that we need to do better with. Mm -hmm. We need to do better with this stuff. So he's for us. Second, he's made us righteous. Third, he intercedes for us or he pleads for us. Look at uh, 834. It says, who will condemn us? No one. For Christ died for us was raised to life for us, and he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Now, so Paul says, who can accuse us? No one. Who can condemn us? No one. That's what he says. That's pretty cool already. But then he takes it a step further and says, now Jesus himself is sitting at the right hand of the Father, the one who died and was raised to life. Here he is, pleading for us, interceding for us, praying for us. Do you understand how, how awesome that is? Like, think about that. He's praying for you. He's caring for you. He's pleading for us. It's awesome, awesome news. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 23 says, There were many priests under the old system for death, prevented them from remaining in office. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever 
to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. And because his priesthood will last forever, his intercession lasts forever. He is interceding and pleading for us. We also, by the way, this doesn't get talked about a lot, but you actually have a dual sort of intercession going on in your life for for those who have the victory in Jesus. You also have the Holy Spirit who does his part as well. And uh, this verse in Romans 8.26, this will give you a taste just so you don't think I'm crazy. But the, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit, what? Prays. Prays for who? He prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Isn't that remarkable stuff? Seriously. Do you, do you understand when we say, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Like, but do you understand the privilege that has been given to us? Do you understand the position that we are in Christ? That he is for us, that he has made us righteous. We are a part of his family and now, and now we have this, this dual like intercession going on that the Father pleads for us, that the Holy Spirit helps us pray and then prays for us and leads, leads us into God's will. It, 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 it's, it's remarkable stuff. Look at, um, oh no, we already read that, but we, we, we have this, we have sort of this, my point is you, we have sort of this dual intercession thing going on, which is incredible. And by the way, I wanted to show uh, a real example of this. It's a good example with Jesus and Peter. Remember when Peter denied Christ three times and he was restored? Well, right before Peter denied Christ three times, uh, Jesus knew it was going to happen. And he had this brief interaction with uh, Peter. And he said these words in Luke chapter 22, verse uh, 31. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. But listen to this. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail, so that when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you and even to die with you. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you're going to deny me three, you're going to deny three times that you even know me. He even knows it's going to happen. He says, but you know what? You're covered. You know why? I've already pleaded for you. I've already prayed for you. Don't worry. Because when you come back, when, when you get restored, when forgiveness is flowing again in your life, God's going to use you to strengthen your brothers and to do great things for me. I've already pleaded for you. You're, you're covered. It's, it's going to be okay. What you're going to walk through is not going to be great. But I want you to know, on the back end, you're going to be all right told him before it even happened. This is him interceding for us, right? They pray for us in harmony with God's will. So if anybody is unsure of God's will, 
Jesus and the Holy Spirit sure do. They know, and they pray in accordance with it. So we are new creations who have been given the ability to live victoriously. So he's for us. So I said, I started out by saying, why do we have this new victory? I'm glad you asked. Well, I'm giving you the answers. So one, he's for us. Two, he's made us righteous. Three, he intercedes for us. And last, he loves us. And I know that gets said a lot. He loves us. He loves us. You know, and all the songs and all the great and all the things. But just again, just this morning, just receive it fresh. Look at Romans 8.35. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? or persecuted, or hungry, or destitute. as it, Paul knows he's ripping off all the things that's happened in his own life. In danger, threatened with death, right? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we're killed every day. It's, it's in Psalm. We're being slaughtered like sheep. But no, he says, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ, who loved us. We are more than conquerors through him. So he loves us, and that's true. It's really true. But also remember that he doesn't promise everything is going to be easy all the time. This is where I think we can get messed up when we say, well, if God loves me, then I shouldn't have to walk through this. Well, if God is for me, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have this. No, no, he doesn't promise that. We live in a broken world and broken things are happening all around us. But what he does promise is that we can never be separated from his love. Paul said in spite of all of his hardship and all of his being beaten, stoned, shipwrecked, all the difficulty that he, that he went through, he still stood at the end of the day and said, he loves me. Just think about that. He said, he loves me, and nothing can ever separate me from that love after all he'd been through. If there was someone who could doubt the love of God, it was the Apostle Paul. But it did the very opposite. It did the very opposite. It drove home the deeper point that he really does love me, even despite challenges and difficulties. Paul went through more than most people could ever stand, and he still stood strong on the fact that he was loved by God. Romans 5, he said these words, we can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. Just, just exactly what we want to do, Right? Thank you, Lord, for this great problem I have. Thank you for this wonderful trial. Just, just exactly what we really want to do. Not, right? We, re- we can rejoice. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. This is a man who lived it. And I think it gives these words even more credibility. Because he was not someone who sat on a throne and enjoyed life. You know, the the whole silver spoon thing. He was a man who did and endured more than almost anyone could. So despite these difficult things, 
overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. Or, of course, uh, the more familiar words are we are more than conquerors. And I was looking, I was looking at this passage this week. And that word, it, it literally means, um, well, it literally means what the NLT says, overwhelming victory. But it means like super victory or it, it means uh, super conqueror. Meaning he doesn't. He just he gives us victory and more victory and more victory and more victory. It's like landslide, overwhelming, overcoming, unbelievable, mind-boggling victory. Do you get the sense what I'm trying to say? You with me? Yeah. It it it's it's like you don't just win the game. You know, two one. You win it twenty two to one. Overwhelming. It was a crush, right? You know, when the church ball team crushes somebody, we go, did you win when we get home? No, we crushed them. No. No, it was an overwhelming victory. We needed a few more, but, but, but you know. But the, the point is, 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 this is not just victory by the skin of our teeth. Mm-hmm. This is clear victory, clean-cut victory, overwhelming victory, super conqueror. What does more than a conqueror? You're already a conqueror. How can you be more than a conqueror? It, it's, it's, funny, it's funny language. You're a super conqueror, right? You have overwhelming victory. Victory and victory and more victory and more victory. It, it, it's, it's, it's a, I was just pondering it this week, that this whole idea that we don't just barely win. You know, sometimes this thought that if we can just hang on, you know, by the skin of our teeth, when we die, everything will be okay. You know, that, that's not the kind of victory that he's given us. We're cheating ourselves out of the real victory that, that he's given us, if that's how we, we live. That we're just going to hang on, barely have enough, barely hang on, and just, oh, I'm going to fight to stay faithful, God, and then, you know, one day, you know, one day it'll all be great. And he's saying, look, you're more than a conqueror. You have, I'm, I am for you. I've made you righteous. I'm praying for you. You can, you can step out boldly and do things. I, I am with you. I am for you. I do love you. And it's not just for the end of time. It's for now in time, right? And so we cheat ourselves out of this. But understand that he is calling you a super conqueror. Did you walk in here today saying... I I have overwhelming victory. I am a super conqueror. I want you to walk out today saying that. That's who you are in Christ. And it's, 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 I know challenging at times, but it's a truth that we need to really embrace and begin, like I said earlier, we need to learn how to live in this victory. We need to learn how to live with this victory. What to do you know, with this victory. It is ours. So Jesus has not just won. It's a landslide victory. It's not a close match. It's a destruction, right? Jesus has overwhelmed and destroyed the enemy. And the victory that now, and his victory now belongs to those who believe and receive his message of love. So we are completely victorious. He's made us new creations, and he's given us the ability to win. He's given us the ability to win over temptation. 
He's given us the ability to win over sin. We have victory over our past. We talked about that last week. He doesn't just want to come and remodel. He wants to come and recreate. So the past is gone. You have victory over that. Any skeletons in your closet are no, no, they're, they're buried, long ago buried in Jesus, right? He's, he's given us complete victory. So when someone, a believer says, well, I'm struggling with this, say, you can do this, right? Well, I have this addiction, you can do this, right? Well, I have this thing that doesn't, you can do this. We, it's either true or it's not, seriously. It's either true or it's not. And, and if we believe it's true, then why don't we start living up to the standard that, 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 that he calls us to? Why not, live it, why not live out what already is reality in the realm of the spirit? We are victors. It is a landslide victory. It's not a close match. He's overwhelmed and destroyed the enemy, and that victory now belongs to us. So, he's given, he's given us all of this. He's made us new creations. And I thought of one last scripture, and then we're going to close today. It gets read a lot, uh, sometimes at funerals, sometimes when we're standing around a grave, and it reminds us of ultimate victory. But I want... I want it to remind you not just of ultimate victory, but of the victory that we have now in Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, put that up for me. It says, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. Just stop there for a second. I just, you know what? Sometimes when we talk about dying, this is just for free. But, but understand this, and it's all for free. If you didn't give in the offering, right? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> and I'm giving you a coffee too. What a great place. Yeah. And this was, um, when, when we talk about dying sometimes, understand, we understand from a Christian perspective. Some people think about dying like it's annihilation, right? We don't believe death is annihilation. We actually believe death is just separation. That's what it is, right? We separate from our body, right? But the core of who we are, our spirit, still remains. And so this, this, is, this is, I think, important as we, when we talk about it. Anyway, I don't even know why that came to my mind. Maybe that's for somebody today. But it's going to happen in a moment in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, here's the point, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in? Yes. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is ours. So who can condemn us? No one. Who can accuse us? No one. This is 
overwhelming victory. You are a super conqueror. It is for anyone and anyone and anyone who has a relationship with Jesus. Not just the special people who stand on a stage and who get to talk. No, it's for everyone who has a relationship with Jesus. Truck drivers, plumbers, electricians, teachers, musicians, cabinet makers, whatever you are, housewife, you know, business owner. It's for you if you have a relationship with Jesus. Uh, IT people, even IT people, yes, even IT people. Can you believe it? Yes. We might lose some battles in this life. You may struggle. You may have a day or two that you don't feel that great and you haven't maybe won that day. But listen, he may win a battle, but he will never win the war. You win, you win, you win. If God is for us, come on, who can be against us? We have new victory in Jesus Christ. 